Warning, the following podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Before we get this episode started, I do want to let you guys know that I did have some audio technical difficulties during this episode. So with that being said, please be a little bit more forgiving on the audio on this one. It is a little up and down, but Like I said, I had problems during recording with the program that I normally use, so I had to improvise, and and so it might sound a little bit different, but just bear with me. I'm working on getting it fixed. With that being said, I also wanted to talk to you guys about the potential of having more access to me, more one-on-one access to me. With that being said, I want to offer you guys access to my Discord server for a one-time fee of $2. That's it, just $2. You get access to me around the clock. I'll pop in. Plus, you not only that, but you get access to a community of people who love true crime. With that being said, if you want to support the show more, I do have a Patreon. Definitely go check it out. For $7 a month, you get access to a whole range of things not just the discord server so with that being said please come join us let me know what you guys think of this episode every episode before it i have a lot of stuff for you that i'm working on behind the scenes that are on the horizon i'm really excited about it with that being said i hope you guys enjoy this episode Welcome to the Marketing Your Podcast show. The show is for podcast hosts, producers, networks, or anyone who wants to grow their podcast, build an audience, impact the world, and live a lifestyle that they dream of. On this show, we're going to talk about how you can market and monetize your podcast, how you can grow and cultivate an audience, and how you can create a community of raving fans. You'll hear how others have built and grown their shows, and you'll get the tools, tactics, and strategies you need to build a massive audience, create massive impact, and create an incredible lifestyle for yourself. So hit the subscribe button and get ready to take some notes. This is the MYP Show. Hello, and welcome to the jury room, where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth, from cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries. These stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night. Well, welcome back to another Aftermath episode. On this episode, I'm so excited. I have a friend of mine. I haven't had her on in a very long time. We definitely should have done this a lot sooner, but I feel like we picked the perfect case to to bring her on and talk about it. V, why don't you introduce yourself, your podcast, where they can find you at, and all that good stuff. Right on. Hey, Kevin. I know it's been a while. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited too. Um, Hey guys, I'm V. My podcast is called Life Paranormal with V. Um, You can find me on Twitter. It's practically the only place I'm on. My Twitter handle is V Life Paranormal. Um, My podcast is about everything um, unexplainable. And if you've ever experienced anything, we 
talk about that and also how it's affected, uh, you know, people who have experienced those supernatural or unexplainable events. And it's really great, you know, sit around and tell some spooky stories. <laughs> right. Yeah. So are you a little bit of a clairvoyance, I guess, is what, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, you know, I basically started, at, you know, with the premise of kind of like basing upon my life and growing up, you know, as a, well, I'd, I'd like to say I'm clairvoyant. I'm also a medium, you know, it's not like I chose this, but, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like my, my adventures of growing up like that. Do you enjoy the, that calling? No, sometimes I, you know, yes and no, I love it. I love it because it does help a lot of people. And, you know, I, I'm pretty much a normal person, um, abnormal. So it's made up some, <laughs> but I feel like, you know, there's no such thing as normal, but I just, I'm chill. You know, I just go about my life like nothing. And, you know, th strange things happen to me all the time. So I, it's just, this is just the way of, of life for me. It's, you know, I don't know anything else. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. I definitely recommend checking out V's show. Uh, she's been a great friend from the moment I met her. And I'm just, I'm really excited to have her on for this one. The case that we're talking about, obviously, is not very exciting. That I'm not excited about because of what happened. But uh, not many people know because I kind of try to keep my private life pretty private. But I was born and raised in Tucson, which is where today's case happened. And I'm excited because V just happens to be from Tucson as well. So I figured I would bring somebody on who lived in the area, has lived in the area, and that way we could kind of talk about the landscape and kind of what it did for the community. Yeah. It was hard. Mm -hmm. It was hard. I remember I was at the time I was dating somebody who was in uh, broadcasting and radio. And I knew well before it had even gone out because she was like, hey, did you know, have you seen anything? And I was like, no, I haven't heard anything. And I remember the day it was like, it was like, I don't even, it was crazy to think that something like that had happened within the community of Tucson. It was awful. I think that, and that's crazy how you heard about it first. Cause like I, it just hit the news, you know, everything just switched over to live and uh, it's like everybody's heart dropped. I know mine did. It was, it was awful. It's still fresh. It's still fresh. So do you, you, you and I were talking about it beforehand. Is it, you used to live in that area, right? Oh yeah, my parents still, it's not the same house they live in still, but they're still up in that same area, you know, Northwest Tucson, um, Oro Valley. But um, the thing is, you know, when the same high school that he went to, Jared, he went to Mountain View, I went to Ironwood Ridge. So it's really weird because there's like, that's just the way it is. I don't know how, but like you go over a certain like line or border and you're in Oro Valley and then you're in Marana. It's weird how they section it off. I always say I live in Oro Valley, but my home was um, probably two minutes away from a plaza that was right in front of Mountain View. And um, we would frequent there all the time. There was a Safeway there, a Blockbuster, a Subway, you know, a McDonald's. So people from Mountain View on their lunch or even after school would go there. Even us, you know, would go there for lunch and everything. So, you know, yeah, I've, I've seen him around, you know, um, when that happened, it was, it hit really close to home. That Safeway is not even 15 minutes away from my parents' house. And uh, they would go to that one too. Um, you know, my dad had a friend that worked in the meat department. So he'd go and get them like good deals. So 
you know, it was, it was a really scary day because my parents left and told me they were going to go grocery shopping and I didn't hear from them. When that happened, the first thing I did was call them and they, they didn't answer their phone, dude, and scared me. I couldn't get a hold of them for almost like a good hour. And it was weird. It was kind of like when 9-11 happened. Do you ever, do you remember that? Like you just kind of, it was kind of like quiet. There was like a collective, it's like time stood still almost. It was weird. The same thing happened that day. It just felt like a collective, it was like a sigh of like, like it was tragic and you were, you were just heartbroken and you were grieving, you know, it was awful. Yeah, that is insane. What was it like for you once you seen that you recognized them like that? That had to be a, a, a surreal moment for you, right? So I know that he went to uh, college here in town, so I'm not sure which campus he went to, but I went to the same one and um, didn't see him around there, but I would see him um, around that plaza by our house. So when he was in Mountain or going to Mountain View, you know, I would see this kid with long hair. Um, He had headphones on all the time when I saw him. He had this big, you know, soft drink from the gas station. He'd walk over and he would just be chilling in front of the um, like Subway or the other stores that were there. I know there were a couple, I can't remember, but, and he would just be sitting down sometimes. Sometimes he'd be walking around, but it was kind of like he was talking to himself. I don't know if he was singing dude or what, but I, I would always see him around. You never think about it, you know, but when I saw his picture on the news, it didn't look like him at all. I didn't recognize him, but then on the news, they started showing um, you know, started talking a little bit about his background, where he went to school and all of that. And, and then when they were showing the pictures, his high school pictures, I was like, oh my God, that's the dude that was always hanging around. Because after a while, I didn't see him anymore. I didn't see him. Yeah. It like, gives me the chills, dude. It's scary. That's so like, that's so surreal to to realize that that's somebody that, you know, you saw that was insignificant at the time. And then now it's like, holy shit, like that, that person ended up causing, you know, mass losses of lives that was unnecessary. And, you know, a lot of people would probably say, how do you know it was him anyways? How could you remember? Well, it's kind of like, like by my house, there's always this homeless guy that always frequents this certain area. I would recognize him. I always see him. I wave at him. I know who he is. It's the same thing with this guy. Mind you, I've lived on that side of town since I was 13 years old. You know, this happened in, uh, God, remind me what year it happened. 2011. Yeah. I was still living at home with my parents, you know, still in college. So, um, you know, I still lived on that side of town. I still went to that plaza. But like I said, um, I saw him a lot. And then all of a sudden I just, I never saw him again after a while. Did you talk to like any of your friends from high school? like that maybe had interactions with him that did they remember him like this? I had, uh, I, I did have someone I know that went to Mountain View, but it was shortly right after he, he, he wasn't there any longer. Um, I didn't know anybody else to be honest with you. Um, mainly people from Ironwood just talked to a lot of people from CDO (laughs) and not a lot of people talk to, you know, Mountain View people, you know, that's just how it is here. But, um, I heard stuff on the the news about people, t- you know, talking about having classes with him at, um, in college, you know, and they, they would talk about how 
erratic his behavior was or some of the things he would be he would say and um you know it was pretty disturbing i'm not sure if you you know you were reading into that or researched that but it, it was pretty it was pretty um there was just something really dark happening within him and it just started getting worse and worse right it reminds me of like schizophrenia because schizophrenia is something that comes out later in life it's not something that you're necessarily diagnosed with at a younger age you know what i mean yeah yeah it it definitely made the the world around tucson stand still and tucson is such a a small town feeling as it is as big as it is you alluded to it, right? So you went to Ironwood Ridge, but you only, you know, really talked to people from CDO, right? So yeah. I went to Santa Rita mm-hmm. and we only really talked to people at Palo Verde because it was, you know, right around the corner from us, but we really didn't talk to anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I think like with Jared's case, like you were talking about, like, you know, about him having schizophrenia and whatnot. A lot of the the people that I've talked to who have, you know, have had um, probably not relatives or somebody that they know, it, it kind of starts off in, in, in that way. Like, you know, I just started to, you hear about, um, you know, like I said, after that happened, everybody wanted to know everything about him. Then you started hearing stuff in the news. I remember they were talking about like a video that he had posted or something on YouTube. He was talking about, about the college he went to. Yeah. And it was like about, like it was a torture facility. It was unconstitutional, I remember. And they were this and that. And it was just like, what is he talking about? You know, it was just by that time, I'm not surprised why anybody, you know, like I said, I think it's really important for us, you know, if we're friends or family and we notice something like get somebody help, you know, like, I don't know. That's just. Well, that's the problem though, right? Is that people seem to ignore the warning signs. Right. Like hindsight is always 2020 for some reason. But I feel if we had more conversations about mental health and, you know, what the warning signs are to look out for, I feel like tragedies like this could potentially be stopped because we could catch it before that person, you know, had a mental break basically and then goes and kills 16 people, you know, injuring many more and killing a little girl like that's devastating it's awful you know i like i said i i just i don't know what happened in those years that i didn't see him because i know he never graduated from mountain view um so i think that explains why i never saw him after that you know for a certain amount of time because i graduated in 05 and um i don't know i don't know if he was like a couple years younger than me but um, I think that would explain because I think within that time, you know, the next couple of years, something must have happened in between that time, you know. And I wonder if it's a situation of, you know, where he, maybe he was bullied. You know, I know that has a lot to do with with pushing people over the edge because you know how brutal it can be in high school. I mean, for, for some reason, we are fucking mean to each other in high school and I don't understand why. Oh, yeah. No, I, I I completely agree. And, you know, I, I think that the school actually, you know, the um, Mariana um, didn't release anything or give any, you know, account as to like what happened while he was there. They wouldn't release anything. So I'm actually really interested as to what happened. If there was anything that 
did occur to him in high school, you know? Yeah. And it's, it just, I don't know. It baffles me that he, that really anybody, not he specifically, that anybody could cause this amount of tragedy because, and especially for, for Gabrielle Giffords, like, I think, like just to watch her, 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 her persevere though, was definitely a, a tale of strength, you know, to her and, and her family to be able to come through it. But it's, it's one of those things that I wonder, did it, would it have gotten as much press as it did if she wasn't involved? You know what I mean? That's the hard part with when, when, when like famous people are involved in stuff like this is, is you always wonder, would these cases get as much I don't want to say fame, but the reality is media coverage. There's, there's a better term for it. Would they get as much media coverage? You know what I mean? Exactly. 110%. I completely agree with you. So what are your thoughts on most mass shooters? Right. And I, I believe he is no different, but they, they attribute it to Columbine. Like, do you remember Columbine when that happened? Oh, yeah. I, I still remember that to this day. You know, that's the reason why you know, I think that my generation has grown up with that, you know, and um, I think as far as, you know, shooters are concerned, mass shooters, you know, I think that everybody starts talking about this afterwards, like, oh, you know, he was kind of creepy. He was like bizarre, you know, Um, he had like kind of like these psychotic tendencies when he would speak or what he would do. And you hear about that after the fact, you know what I mean? And it's exhibiting these type of, you know, different personality traits or behaviors, you know, what have you. And it's kind of like, what has happened to these people, you know, whether it's a mental, dis- uh, you know, a behavioral health uh, issue, or if it's something happening at home, something traumatic, what have you, I think that people, you know, there's, there's evil, you know, there's evil in this world and people are very evil. Um, and I just think when I think of these things, especially with what happened here, that's just what I felt. This is just a pure act of evil, you know, just, it was awful to take people's life like that, just who are completely innocent, you know? Right. Especially just going out to the grocery store to just go grocery shopping or for the people that went out to see, you know, Gabrielle Giffords and now their lives are forever tied to this individual who ruined their lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of people, cause that's a really busy area, you know, and people drive by it every day. I know when it happened for the first like couple years, you could drive by there and it was, you know, you could just just feel it, you know, just passing by, you know, that like, it's just sad, you know, especially, um, just for someone like me, it's just, I, I I don't even go around there anymore. Um, to that plaza where it happened. I was going to say, do you feel that kind of energy around you? Oh yeah. All the time. And like around, have you ever, I know where this is totally off topic just cause I'm curious and you're a fascinating person, but do you ever feel somebody's energy and you're just like, Holy fuck dude. Like I need to get away from this person. That's just the story of my life. 110% all the time. Yeah. And like I said, when I would see him around, man, like I just felt, you know, just like that dude, like there's something, something wrong. You know, he's always here. And I, I would, I would kind of wonder like, does, 
does he do anything else? Does he not want to go home? That was my first thought, you know, because it's not like I would be by myself roaming around somewhere. You know what I mean? I was either with my friends or at home, but it was kind of like I got the sense like he didn't want to go home. You know, he was always there just kind of hanging around. So I don't know. I was going to say, and then you think, then you, then you just think about the victims and, and you have a, a, a little girl who was born on the one of the worst tragedies in America's history of 9-11. And she's featured for being born in 9-11. And now she is forever tied to another tragedy that ultimately took her life. Like that has to be absolutely devastating for her family. Yeah, knowing that she she went because she wanted to go and attend and, you know, experience it and knowing that, you know, it, you can't as a parent or even a family member just start going back and saying what if because it just tortures you. I can't even imagine that. I don't even want to as a parent. Um, but not even her, like, you know, it was a tragedy because she was so young and it's just so awful. But everybody else, they lost a mother, a grandmother, a father, a husband. It was just horrible. Absolutely horrible. You know, all of these shootings, the, all of these tragedies, it's just senseless, senseless evil, you know? It really is. And you think about like the mass shootings, like in Virginia Tech and then, or, um, where's, what's the other one? Is it Santa Cruz? The, the, that one, Elliot Rogers or whatever his name was, that weirdo that was like, oh my God, all these women bow to me. Why are they, these people, I don't, I don't understand their mindsets. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? A couple years uh, later, Kevin, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but don't you remember the, uh, I think it was the Batman mass shooting. Remember oh, people the, were in the movie theater? Yeah. The Aurora, the, the Aurora the, uh, theater shooting. Yeah. That was awful too. And that one was awful too, because that was another one where he contributed it to Columbine. That's, that's what's crazy is a lot of these guys. Uh, contributed to Columbine, which if you guys don't know about Columbine, I did cover it. Definitely go check out that episode. But, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, another two deranged individuals who all the warning signs were clearly there. But that goes back to that point of mental health isn't talked about the way that it should, right? We ignore the, the warning signs. We ignore the signs that people are giving us because either a we don't want to be inconvenienced or oh it's not as bad as we think it is you know what I mean Uh, exactly and you know since then I I think there was a different health center that actually opened up in Marana but uh you know I I have to say I I shouldn't (laughs) but you know no I I am gonna say the mental health uh help here in Tucson sucks it sucks and I think I think it's almost and I hear people say it in every state you know it's true it's just um it's hard to get in. They put you on a waiting list and then people, you know, they get discouraged and they just don't go in, you know? And, uh, I tell people, you know, in my life, just stay on the waiting list, please just, just stay. Cause people cancel things happen. Just stay on it. You know, sometimes it takes months just to get on it. Even, you know, depending upon how backed up or what little help they have, you know, the, the need of mental health professionals right now and, and therapists, it's, it's needed, you know, especially like what we just went through with the pandemic. A lot of people are just, just still feeling it, you know, and still um, it's pretty, tra- it's just traumatic. What we all went through needless to say these kids, like our children who <laughs> we never experienced any of what they've experienced in their generation. You know, it's, you know, now this war is happening and not to go off topic, off topic, but you know what I'm saying? It's just, 
<clears throat> when everything was happening with Jared, I'm wondering if, and this is what I said, why did he leave high school? Why didn't he graduate? What was going on that, you know, I would, yeah, like, I don't know how, how the school follows up with that or looks into it. I don't know. But like I said, the school wouldn't comment and they wouldn't uh, give out any, any information, you know? So I just, I'm really, really curious as to what, what happened during that time period in his life when he just left and then he goes, I guess he, I assume he got his GED cause he went to college, but. Um... Yeah. And that's, you know, it's crazy though, is that you talk about like the mental health aspect and it is something that is severely lacking. We don't have adequate mental health. Now I feel that, mental the, the the conversation around mental health has changed just since maybe we were in high school because when we were in high school it was oh shut up you're just having a bad day dude or, yeah it was like taboo kind of still right it was you know oh suck it up you're not depressed you're just you're, you're being you're a drama angsty. queen or something right yeah. and your friend you know either your friends would make fun of you or you know whatever it whatever it was that's just we didn't talk about it now today it's changed since we were in high school but it's definitely not where it needs to be and it's not a thing that most states do not have adequate mental health help you know what i mean like you said there's waiting lists there's you know there's not enough therapists there's not enough this or you have to spend a hundred dollars an hour to get in to talk to somebody and it's like most people can't afford a hundred dollars an hour to talk to somebody yeah and also by experience too and you know when people have one like uh you know they ju judge the the rest with just one person, meaning like they have a bad experience with one therapist and they're just like, I'm not going to go talk to any counselor ever again. You know what I mean? And it's just like that one person who probably, you know, made them feel bad, didn't make them feel safe and secure or heard. It's just like, why waste my time? And then they don't go back. So it's kind of like that with anything, you know, people are like that with, you know, um, you know, I'm a massage therapist. So it's like people have that experience where they're just like, I had a horrible massage. I never wanted it. You know, I didn't want to go in for quite some time. It's been years because I had that bad experience. So, you know, I, I think that sometimes with everything, like you just said, I throw that up on the list too, you know, um, people will go and then they just get discouraged and then they just don't go back and get the help that they need too. So. Right. And then it's also the aspect of, which is why I'm working on the series that I am, but you get, you know, our, our mental health is is, oh, let's throw pills at people, you know what I mean? Instead of talking to people and getting to the root cause, like, I'm not, like, I don't know. I was, I didn't know the kid. Was he abused? Was his, did his parents beat him? That never, it never came out. Was he, you know, was he molested as a child? Did, what, did he have some kind of trauma like that, that it totally altered his personality? And, but instead of us helping people, we throw pills at them, right? How many times have you seen somebody go in for mental health help and then they come out with pills and now they, they just take pills and, oh, it's fine. Yeah, they feel better, but we're not actually fixing the, co you know, fixing the problem. Yeah, exactly. It's really sad. Um, you know, I, I, I know we're talking so much about him and it's, it's, it's good because we should, but also, you know, the victims, I... 
have to say, you know, my when I passed by my parents' house too, they lived next to the park that they made in um in memoriam for Christina. So it's it's just really sad. Is the park beautiful? I don't think it's, I've ever been by beautiful. there. Yeah, it's actually right in front of the, the college I went to. They made it right across the street from there. So you would literally pass by and you know, on your way to school, you know, to class that morning and you would just, and you know, just walk around too. It was a perfect way to just unwind and just kind of walk around. It was, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's, it's one of those things that we, we, we look back and we, we always definitely need to make sure that we remember the victims. And, and there were quite a few of them in here and we can't, we can never lose sight that, that, this was a, a tragedy for, you know, for many of these people and the worst day of their lives. And I hope, you know, that their families have, have found some kind of, I don't even know. I don't want to know. I don't want to say forgiveness, but comfort, I guess, or what, you know, what would be the right way to say it? Because it's hard. I, I've never experienced something like this exactly in my family. So it's hard to, to say what the families would be going through. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I understand. You just hope that people that have experienced this or are experiencing something like this, like you just want the best for them because it's so sad, you know, that they have to even experience this and, you know, lose a loved one like that and in that way. And you just hope the best, you know, you hope for the best for them and their family that they make it somehow. Cause you just, for me, I was just like, you know, even when any of this happened, cause the very first, you know, like I said, mass shooting was Columbine that I ever experienced that I remember, you know what I mean? So, um, I remember thinking like, what, what will their mom and dads do? What, what would I do if I lost my child like that? You know, I was just hoping like, oh my God, let nothing happen to their parents, you know, like get, you know, become suicidal or anything like that. That's awful, you know, cause it's just like, I couldn't imagine living or le losing, you know, like your, your kids. Like I don't have kids myself, but like it, it has to be frightening to just imagine going out in public and, and the potential of this happening. I mean, it just happened again in Aurora a couple of years ago at a grocery store where somebody, you know, opened fire on everybody. And it's like, what kind of world are we presenting for the next generation for your kids? you know, of like, Hey, you have to live in fear. You know what I mean? Like how fucked up is that? I know it's really, it's, it's hard, you know? And I, I think it's just, you know, for me, I teach my, my son and it's already harder for him to comprehend things because he's on the spectrum, but I do put it in a sense where, you know, cause he's so trusting and he really doesn't know that there's just bad things. So what me and my husband try our best to like explain things to him in a way that he'll understand. And that's what scares me is, you know, someone who's so um, sensitive as he is. And, um, you know, that that scares me just how the world can be and how it is, you know. But, yeah, as a parent, we, we have, our kids have, you know, they experience things and we can just can't control things sometimes. But, um, yeah, uh, still passing by that place, man, it, it still gives me like even thinking about it. I don't go up that way anymore. Like I said, I. You know, I moved from that side of town. Um, I'm closer to the university now, but like when I do go up and see my parents and I have to go a certain way, um, uh, 
yeah, there's a Walgreens that I would go to all the time on my way to work, though. And that was the same Walgreens in the corner of the Safeway that was right there. So um, I used to I used to go there and it was still that feeling. And it was just like you just felt so sad. And you, you it was kind of like a numbness, you know, and I know a lot of pe- that happens to people when things happen like this, like it's a numbness, like we don't want to think about it. <laughs> we don't even want to go there, you know, and I just, you know, I don't know how people work there can deal with it you know like knowing that that happened right outside you know yeah and imagine just uh because you know damn well that everybody's going to be coming in and talking about it too so you really don't get i'm sure it doesn't happen so much now but after it first happened you know the the people who work there are probably getting tons of questions all the time like oh man what happened did you see what happened you know what i mean Oh yeah, hundred and ten percent. I mean, when we would pass by, there was still a memorial there. There'd be flowers and a bunch of flowers and stuff, animals and stuff there. So I, I don't remember when that wasn't there any longer. Like I said, it was closed for the longest time. You know, it could just people couldn't go back. But you know, after it, it did open up, I I don't. You're right. I think it stopped after quite some time. Like I said, the first couple of years, and it's horrible that people do this, but it's true. That's just our human nature. It's just like, it's not that you forget about it. It's just, you know, you move on and it's really sad, but you know, your show and talking about and the doing these things, you know, just keeping the memory of these victims alive. It, it helps, you know, and it's a really healthy reminder to everybody. Like we were talking about, about mental health, about being proactive when we see something off and following that intuition, because that, that is your guide. You know, it never lies to you. Well, V, thanks for coming on. I usually, this is the part where I ask where your final thoughts are, but I feel like you left it off on a very good note. So with that being said, why don't you plug your podcast? And then I got a couple of questions for you at the end. Awesome. Yeah. Um, again, guys, um, thanks for bringing me on, Kevin. But uh, my podcast is Life Paranormal with V. You can find me on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, follow me, DM me, uh, if you have any stories, uh, message me, <laughs> my Twitter handle is V life paranormal. V I have a story for you just from this recording, my yeah. audio stopped working. <laughs> and the first time we recorded when I was editing, it was playing. So thanks for coming on. It, it's as always, it's good catching up with you. <laughs> but before I go, I have two questions for you. Yeah. What is your favorite restaurant in Tucson? Oh, dude, don't. No, I can't. There's so many. There but, are okay, so many. Bring it down to like one category, like say like Mexican food or or uh, <laughs> or or like pizza. Tell me which one you want because okay, there's so right. many. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's say. Hmm. Let's say Mexican food. We'll go with Mexican food because okay. I love Mexican food. El Menuto, downtown, right in front of the convention center. It's amazing. Ooh, they have that's the a good one. Best chimichangas. Oh my god. There, that's a good one. Yeah. And then I can't remember if I asked you, so I'm gonna ask you again because I probably already did. Mm-hmm. But if you could be one sandwich condiment, what would you be and why? I think I already said ketchup. You did say ketchup. ketchup. So <laughs> would you be, what about pineapple on pizza? Yeah. Ew. What not every time. You? Not every time. 
I don't know. The first time the I had answer is no. Yeah, the, <laughs> the first time I had Hawaiian pizza was when I watched The Sixth Sense when it first came out um, on on video. And we rented it on Blockbuster, and the Hawaiian pizza I had was the bomb. I don't know, but it was good. And oh, um, it just it just it tra- it just takes me back. It's like a time travel every time I have Hawaiian. It's like a time travel. <laughs> it's like a time travel. <laughs> So we're not going to get out of here without my favorite restaurant. I haven't lived on Tucson for quite some time now, mm. but I still to this day fantasize about EG's and EG's, EG's Ranch. <laughs> I I went yeah. home probably, I don't know, it's been it's been years now, but the first mm. place I ate when I got off the plane was EG's, man, because that place <laughs> just is delicious. Oh, it's only gotten better over the years, man. I'm sorry. Don't want to upset you, but it, it oh, really why has. Why you got to rub it in like that? That's I, I live like two minutes away from one. <laughs> oh, I hate you. So you're going to send me some ranch now, right? That's yes. what's going to happen? Yes, I'll put yes. it in a cooler. <laughs> well, V, thanks for coming on. I hope you have a good thanks. day and yeah. uh, definitely keep in touch. All right, Cole. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, you never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner, walking past your house at night. So watch out, stay safe, and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.